0: to read this next with Laura and Nicole from the Thunder Bay Public Library. This week we are doing a less specific genre topic but one that is going to be just as fun as all the other ones.
1: <laughs> yeah we are wanted to do something that had a lot of um, cross appeal. So the books that we've chosen to highlight this week are books that were published this year. So they're all new 2022 books and they're ones that are either like buzzy, they've been like talked about um, they've been picked up for adaptations, a couple of them they're mm-hmm. shortlisted for awards, they're bestsellers, and yeah, just ones that we wanted to highlight and suggest to all the Thunder Bay readers.
0: yeah, yeah, I think we're probably in on a uh, YouTube or whatever gonna call it like buzzy books or something, so something <laughs> like that yeah something catchy, something catchy. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into it. Our next one, I do like the cover of this one. Uh, This is Two Nights in Lisbon by Chris Pavone. Okay. Two Nights in Lisbon. You think you know a person. Adriel. Ariel Price wakes up in Lisbon (laughs) alone. Her husband is gone. No warning, no note, not answering his phone. That rhymes. Something is wrong. She starts with the hotel security, then the police, then the American embassy, at each confronting questions she can't fully answer. What exactly is John doing in Lisbon? Why would he drag her along on his business trip? Who would want to harm him? And why does Ariel know so little about her new, much younger husband? The clock is ticking. Ariel is increasingly frustrated and desperate, running out of time, and the one person in the world who can help is the one person she least wants to ask. With sparkling prose and razor-sharp insights, best-selling author Chris Pavone delivers a stunning and sophisticated international thriller that will linger long after the surprising final page.
1: Yeah, so a thriller, a thriller. Another one of these fun ones where it's like the domestic you know the relationship and then kind of exploding out into how's this function in the rest of the world mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think the, the author I'm not sure if this one is yet but previous books by this author were bestsellers okay mm-hmm.
0: I mean seems to know they what they're s- about they seem to say that he's a pretty good author and I'm seeing uh he authored the expats It looks like on the cover, it says the expat. So if you're familiar with that one, go check it out.
1: Indeed. Okay, next one. I enjoy this cover. I find it very charming. Just the colors are different, right? Kind of jumps out at you. Okay, so this book is called The Exhibitionist. It's by Charlotte Mendelsohn. The longer the marriage, the harder truth becomes. So this is another one about marriage, but this is a family that, has children as well. Meet the Hanrahan family gathering for a momentous weekend as famous artist and notorious egoist Ray Hanrahan prepares for a new (laughs) exhibition of his art, the first in many decades, and one he is sure will burnish his reputation for good. His three children will be there. Beautiful Leah, always her father's biggest champion. Sensitive Patrick, who has finally decided to strike out on his own. And Insecure Jess, the youngest, who has her own momentous decision to make. And what of Lucia, Ray's steadfast and selfless wife? She is an artist, too, but has always had to put her roles as wife and mother first. <laughs> <laughs> I made it through that sentence. It's all good. Okay. You did it. <laughs> what will happen if she decides to change? Where lucia is hiding secrets of her own and as the weekend unfolds and the exhibition approaches she must finally make a choice the exhibitionist is the extraordinary fifth novel from charlotte Mendelssohn, a dazzling exploration of art sacrifice toxic family politics queer desire and personal freedom
0: wow yeah. that one sounds like it's got i mean they've got more characters so it'll be interesting to see how they all play out as well
1: yes it sounds like like i mean it's not unusual for these like big chonky family drama sort of things but I like the bit about the bit about the art is interesting and the bit about the woman kind of like sublimating her own life as an artist Mm -hmm. to fulfill these other roles how that could you know finally eventually becoming a
0: new person an old her old self maybe but
1: Mm -hmm. interesting interesting
0: Yeah. yeah okay this next one Laura was like, Nicole, a lot of your artists, your artists, your favorite (laughs) authors are coming out with new books. And I hadn't heard of this one yet. So uh, this is Book of Night by Holly Black. And if you don't recall, uh, Holly Black wrote the Tithe series and the Cruel Prince series. And like, I feel like there was a like, the black cat or black glove series, there was something about a cat. And it was also gloves
1: recommended many of her books before yeah
0: Yeah. and also the Spiderwick (laughs) chronicles if you want a kid's book
1: yes the juvenile as well yeah
0: okay so this is book of night though uh charlie hall has never found a lock she couldn't pick a book she couldn't steal or a bad decision she wouldn't make she spent half her life working for Glomists, magicians who manipulate shadows to peer into locked rooms strange people in their beds or worse Glow mists guard their secrets greedily, creating an underground economy of grimoires. And to rob their fellow magicians, they need Charlie Hall. Now she's trying to. Uh, now she's trying to distance herself from past mistakes, but getting out isn't easy. Bartending at a dive, she's still entirely too close to the corrupt underbelly of the Berkshires. Not to mention that her sister Posey is desperate for magic, and that Charlie's shadowless and possibly soulless boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> Has been hiding things from her. Like where his shadow is, maybe? <laughs> when a terrible figure from her past returns, Charlie descends into a maelstrom of murder and lies. Determined to survive, she's up against a cast of doppelgangers, merc- mercurial billionaires, glomists that was a lot of big words for me, <laughs> and the people she loves best in the world, all trying to steal a secret that will give them vast and terrible power i can't wait to read this it screams yeah uh, new adult So like in between ya and adult wow. it does
1: sound very very good yeah like yeah. lots of world building pieces mm-hmm. you know? but also but-
0: like it sounds like it's kind of um shadow esque where it's built in our world but right expanded
1: so urban fantasy rather yes. than I fantasy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Sounds good. Sounds like fun. <laughs> Always nice when a, like a surprise gift from an author you enjoy. Yes. <laughs>
0: Love her.
1: Okay. Our next one is, <laughs> it's a book that my sister lent to me like a couple months ago and she's been telling me to read it I haven't done it yet but I want to it's it's on my to read list and it's also literally on my to read shelf at home but I just have not done it yet anyway here's the book it's called The School for Good Mothers it's by Jessamine Chan this taut and explosive debut novel in this taught and explosive debut novel, one lapse in judgment lands a young mother in a government reform program where custody of her child hangs in the balance. This doesn't sound potentially <laughs> troubling for me as a, no, parent of a young child.
0: not something that will cause
1: me hey, anxiety.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, Frida Liu is struggling. She doesn't have a career worthy of her Chinese immigrant parents' sacrifices. What is worse is she can't persuade her husband, Gus, to give up his wellness obsessed younger mistress. Only with their angelic daughter Harriet does Frida finally feel she's attained the perfection expected of her. Harriet may be all she has, but she's just enough. Until Frida has a horrible day. The state has its eyes on mothers like Frida, ones who check their phones while their kids are on the playground, who let their children walk home alone, in other words, mothers who only have one lapse of judgment. Now a host of government officials will determine if Frida is a candidate for a Big Brother-like institution that measures the success or failure of a mother's devotion. Faced with the possibility of losing Harriet, Frida must prove that she can live up to the standards set for mothers, that she can learn to be good. This propulsive witty page-turner explores the perils of perfect upper middle-class parenting, the violence enacted upon women by the state and each other, and the boundless love a mother has for her daughter.
0: Wow. Yes. Interesting. So I I think I might've misunderstood, but they're looking for people that are like Frida, but What's, what's special
1: about her? They're watching for anyone who like makes a mistake, has a bad day for whatever it might oh, be. Okay. So whether it's, yeah, watching your phone when your kid's at the playground, which I'm sorry, everyone does that. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> or um, like I, what this makes me think of is like some of those really sad examples that you see where like a woman's, children are being taken by by uh cas because they've been sitting in a a mcdonald's while she's been working her shift or something and it's like Mm. well she literally does not have another like caregiver so this is what is the best thing for her to do and then it's like there's criticizing that parent when they're doing like the best they can Mm -hmm. um yeah sounds interesting yeah and I, I like the the line like about the violence that the state does because that's certainly true but it does also the violence that women do to each other right like the it's it's moved on now but the whole like mommy blogger complex was so toxic yeah and now it's this weird kind of reversal where I was like pushing back against that and now there's this weird parent culture online that's like parenting is the worst isn't it <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's strange. People are like, you should have kids, but I hate having kids. (laughs) Like, like,
1: here's some stories about how terrible my life is since I had children. Yeah. It's a strange, like, response, I think, overcorrection to that, like, weird perfect parent thing. And now it's like, we're not perfect. We're, in fact, we're terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm awful.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, I feel like we need to find an even, um, you know, middle ground there. But um, this book in particular. It sounds quite good and a very like one of those near future dystopians Mm -hmm. right it sounds entirely plausible
0: yeah a little too
1: plausible Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. um this next one is how to take over the world practical schemes and scientific solutions for the aspiring (laughs) supervillain by ryan north and i know laura knows this but uh ryan north wrote the um choose your own adventure, Romeo and Juliet, um, book, graphic novel kind of book. Um, and he is so funny and so good. And I'm so excited to pick up this book because it, it's going <laughs> to be good. I just know
1: it will be. <laughs> it will be lots of fun. He also did, um, Squirrel Girl, wrote some of the oh. Squirrel Girl comics. Um, and they were also very fun and delightful. Mm-hmm. And he has an amazing comic online. I don't know if he's still doing it called Dinosaur Comics. And it's like the same four comic, four panel comic every day. He did it for literally years and just put different text in, wow. like the same images, but different text.
0: Yeah. Somehow How someone, funny every time. Somehow
1: funny every time. He's, he <laughs> is quite a guy and he's Canadian.
0: No way. We definitely Wait. talked about this before and I, I forgot. <laughs> He's from the North. He's Ryan North.
1: He is Ryan North.
0: <sighs> okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about this book. A tongue-in-cheek introduction to the science com- science of comic book book villain. <sighs> A (laughs) tongue-in-cheek introduction to the science of comic book supervillainy revealing the true potential of today's most advanced technologies. Taking over the world is a lot of work. Any supervillain is bound to have questions. What's the perfect location for a floating secret base? What zany heist will fund my immoral plans? How do I control the weather, destroy the internet, and never, ever die? In How to Take Over the World, uh, Ryan North details a number of outlandish villainous schemes drawing on known science and real world technologies. Picking up where how to invent everything left off, his explanations are as fun and informative as they are completely absurd. As he instructs, re- instructs readers on how to take over the world, North also reveals how we can save it. This sly guide to some of the greatest challenges and existen- existential threats facing humanity accessibly explores, the way, uh, explores ways to mitigate climate change, improve human lifespans, prevent cyber terrorism, and finally make Jurassic Park a reality. Even we all know that's a terrible <laughs> that is idea.
1: A terrible idea. Unless you're a supervillain. Sure. Sure. Then it's yeah. a good idea. It's a great good thing idea. To yeah. <laughs> Fun. Fun. Yeah. See, we told you this was a good list. It's, it's a real a great list. Mixture of stuff. Okay. This next one. Okay. First of all, great cover.
0: Oh, yeah. Super great good cover. Reminds me of the one with the guy with the apple. All
1: over his face yes yeah. yes um good rich people by eliza jane brazier hmm. Layla has always believed that life is a game she is destined to win but her husband graham takes the game to dangerous levels the wealthy couple invites self-made success stories to live in their guest house and then conspire to ruin their lives well their lies oh my gosh their lives <laughs> both <laughs> oh, their lies and their lives ruin their lives with lies Okay, after all, there is nothing worse than a bootstrapper. (laughs) Demi has always felt like the odds were stacked against her. At the end of her rope, she seizes a risky opportunity to take over another person's life and unwittingly becomes the subject of the upstairs couple's wicked entertainment. But Demi has been struggling all her life, and she's not about to go down without a fight. In a twist that neither woman sees coming, the game quickly devolves into chaos and rockets towards an explosive conclusion. Because every good rich person knows in money and in life, it's winner take all, even if you have to leave a few bodies behind.
0: Wow. <laughs> that sounds so good. It
1: does. It sounds like fun. Yeah. Just like a real, uh, you know.
0: Fresh too, a, you know. Yeah.
1: A romp with terrible people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You don't want to know them,
1: but it's fun to read about them.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) These have been some really good books so far. I'm glad I didn't, like, read ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, this next one has a really great cover as well. Uh, It's The End of the World House by Adrian Kelt. Uh, Groundhog Day meets Ling Ma's severance uh, Severance in the end of the world house. Nope, sorry, okay, it's Groundhog Day meets Lingma's severance, period. In the end of the world house, a thought-provoking comedic novel about two young women trying to save their friendship as the world collapses around them. Bertie and Kate have been best friends since high school. Bertie is a semi-failed cartoonist working for a prominent Silicon Valley tech firm. Her job depresses her, but not as much as the fact that Kate has already decided to move from San Fran to Los Angeles. Where Bertie's attempts to make Kate stay uh, to make Kate stay fail, she suggests the next best thing, a trip to Paris that will hopefully distract the duo from their upcoming separation. The vacation is also sort of a last hurrah, coming down, uh, coming during a ceasefire in a series of escalating world conflicts. Um, one night in Paris, they meet a strange man in a bar who offers them a private tour of the Louvre. The woman, The women find themselves alone in the museum where nothing is quite as it seems. Caught up in a day that keeps repeating itself, Birdie and Kate are eventually separated and Birdie is faced with a mystery that threatens to derail everything. In order to make her way back to Kate, Birdie has to figure out how much control she has over her future and her past and how to survive an apocalypse when the world keeps refusing to end. Another- Sounds so good. What are these cool ideas all coming out with right now? Like, dang.
1: <sighs> Original. Yeah. Very cool idea. I, I love a time loop. Mm-hmm. Love a time loop. That's great. Museum, yeah. great. Friends, great. Friends, great. That's interesting. I'm very curious about like if they're if they manage to completely avoid like the romance angle. I hope yeah. they do. Yeah. Let's just stick with make it to the through the apocalypse with your friend. That's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Female friendship. <laughs> That
1: got you, eh? It
0: She's did. like, I just love female friendship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it did it got me? <clears throat> okay, okay. Um, next one. <laughs> More art. More art. I know. Mm. There's oh, like there's like themes in the covers of like faces and eyes keeps yeah. reoccurring in a lot I'm of these. I'm so ones. curious
0: what like usually people do those like here was the themes of the year. I can't wait to mm. see those.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, this one is called The Employees and it is a novel in translation by Olga Radden, uh, translated by Martin Atkin. Okay, so it sounds, this is like <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> Weird sci-fi, I'm into it. Okay, the, a workplace novel of the 22nd century. It's the near distant future, millions of kilometers from earth, The crew of the 6,000 ship consists of those who were born and those who were created, those who will die and those who will not. When the ship takes on a number of strange objects from the planet New Discovery, the crew is perplexed to find itself becoming deeply attached to them, and human and humanoid employees alike find themselves longing for the same things. Warmth and intimacy, loved ones who have passed, our shared faraway earth which now only persists in memory. Gradually, the crew members come to see themselves in a new light, and each employee is compelled to ask themselves whether their work can carry on as before, and what it means to be truly alive. And then this is part of why I find this very intriguing. Structured as a series of witness statements compiled by a workplace commission.
0: Oh, that's cool. (laughs)
1: The crackling prose is as chilling as it is moving, as exhilarating as it is foreboding. Wracked by all kinds of longing, the employees probes into what it means to be human emotionally and ontologically, while simultaneously delivering an overdue critique of a life governed by work and the logic of productivity.
0: Ooh, very current as well.
1: Yes. I, you know what? There's something fun about a mixed up, like some variety in the format Right. There's Mm -hmm. that, I always say that kind of like the, one of the mm, most well-known interesting examples is the World War Z book, Mm -hmm. which is written as a bunch of, like, it's all just different interviews together. That's like the format of the book. And so this one is, would be very similar because it's witness statements. So good. Wow. Interesting. And there are quite a lot, Frankly, there's been many. Um, what they're called is is a generation ship, basically when when people like more than a generation will be living on this same spaceship because of how far it's traveling. And so there's that's not an uncommon thing in science fiction. There's lots of books about generation ships, but I, I like that there's the like it sounds like androids and regular people and mm-hmm. like what is. It's, I'm curious about what they the things are that they pick up that kind of awaken all these new feelings. Dogs. It's these strange puppies. objects. It's, <laughs> <dogs>. <laughs> it's space puppies.
0: <laughs> it's space puppies, and they're like, "Oh, I miss my dog." <laughs> that would
1: make sense. I mean, I'd understand it. <laughs> they find themselves becoming deeply attached. Yes. Yeah.
0: Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <Space
1: puppies. laughs> yeah. (laughs) so the employees sounds really very good and also supposed to be funny like like a funny stinging critique as well so
0: that's nice
1: yeah I'm into it
0: Mm -hmm. okay this is just like mother by Ann Heltzel uh okay a girl should be such a blessing the last time Maeve saw her cousin was the was the night she escaped the cult they were raised in For the last two decades, Maeve has worked hard to build a normal life in New York City, where she keeps everything and everyone at a safe distance. When Andrea suddenly reappears, Maeve regains the only true friend she's ever had. Soon she's spending more time at Andrea's remote Catskills estate than in her own cramped apartment. Maeve doesn't even mind that her cousins wealthy work friends clearly disapprove of her single lifestyle. After all, Andrea has made her a fortune has made her fortune in the disability industry. Baby fever comes along with the territory. The more Maeve immerses herself in Andrea's world, the more disconnected she feels from her life back in the city. And the cousin's increasing attachment triggers memory Maeve has fought hard to bury, but confronting the terrors of her childhood may be the only way for Maeve to transcend the nightmare still to come.
1: Cults books. Cults. And you can't really tell from that description, but from what I recall, that was categorized under horror.
0: Oh! Oh, have you read this one or just when no. you looking it up?
1: Just when I was looking it up because I was like is this just like a you know we're dealing with our emotions and feelings? No. There's Horrific emotions bad and feelings stuff happening, and you can kind of get that from the cover. Actually, to be fair, yeah,
0: I don't the cover. Really like the cover.
1: Well, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to like it.
0: Um, well, clearly, it's a horror. <laughs> They're like, you need to know what this book is about, and it's not good.
1: You're supposed to find it kind of creepy. The yeah. little description at the front: "A fierce, frightening novel," Ooh. says Rachel Harrison, author of the The
0: Return,
1: the Return which I read recently and was terrifying so there you go
0: there you another go. terrifying author is vouching for <laughs> just for like mother yeah. yeah uh that takes us to the end of the episode thanks everyone for watching like usual, you can find these show notes for all the authors and titles at uh tbplofftheshelf.com uh, like follow subscribe we are at tbpl across all platforms and also tbpl youth for the teens out there um and we we uh have new episodes every two weeks ish and we'll see you then <laughs> bye bye <laughs>